As a lot of you guys know, my daily driver is a 2007 Infiniti FX35 Sport. It's about time I put some money into it. Can't just drive the NSX around all the time looking nice. Want to get some wheels? For over a decade, 4Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They're dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need for a custom look and added functionality. I was talking about a wheel and tire package. Head over and use a configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them at 4Wheel Online. That's 4Wheel Singular Online. This is the Hard Parking Podcast brought to you by Right Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And I am your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's show, I'm by myself. I want to tell you guys about the first time I ever drove an Acura NSX. I think you're going to be pleased with the story. It's a, it's a fun, entertaining story. And then we're going to get into some car news. And I've been having a little bit of trouble selling my 2007 Infiniti FX35 Sport. This is your first time listening to the show. Welcome to the show. I do things a little differently around here. This is an automotive podcast. However, it's not very automotive. If you haven't checked out last week's episode featuring Sean Lee of the Purist Group, I urge you guys to go back and listen to it. It was a fantastic conversation. Like I've met Sean before in the past a few times and I learned so much more about him and I knew a few things already, but being able to to watch him as I as I had this conversation with him as we did the recording over Zoom, you were able to kind of see how genuine he was or he is in his mission and then also how truly hurt he is still, although he says he puts it past him. He had a very rough childhood growing up and we've all had rough childhoods. Well, a lot of us have, but it's all relative. But man, some of the stuff that he, he went through and he's 50 now and I can't even imagine. I don't know. Like I've had some some things in my past too and I don't know. I don't think I could have survived mentally. And he's still he's he's still fighting those demons today. So that's Sean Lee. Also, I was a guest on the Goals podcast with Dub and Les. And in that, I so there's things you you get from me in the, in this podcast where I kind of give you a sense of who I am, and I think it's relatable. And in the feedback that I get, you know, everybody enjoys that, and so that for that I appreciate it. But I don't structure my podcast in a certain way to where it's all about me. So when people ask me to come on their shows and ask me these questions, I get an opportunity to really talk about me and to talk about my opinion on a lot of different things. I was on Talk to Q's radio show is what it's called, Talk to Q. And, you know, we had a conversation about why has America stopped working? And so you guys need to check that out. In fact, I'm going to link all three of those or name all three of those episodes in the description of this one. So be looking for that. Well, I said three because there's a third one. I was also on uh, Changed Up Now What with Coach T. And that one I talked about my childhood a lot and a lot of the struggles that I've gone through in life. And, you know, I said some things on on that and in that conversation with her that I had never really said before to very many people. And I decided, similar to Sean opening up on on my podcast, that, you know, it's okay. The older you get, it's okay to let some of those things go. And... On the Goals podcast, I talk about some of the trouble that I got into, some of the situations that I allowed myself to be put in, that I put myself in, and also some of the decisions that I made to kind of step away from those environments and some of those people and really just had a good, hard conversation with myself that 
you know, I can't keep moving on like that. I got to kind of change my direction in life. And so I did, you know, so hopefully you find some sort of inspiration in that. And if nothing else, it kind of gives you a, a little deeper look into who I am as a person or who I used to be as a person. And then maybe you can appreciate that, that change. It's kind of like, it's kind of like listening to the first few episodes of this podcast, which are mm, kind of a train wreck and they're still out there, but I've left them out there so that people could see the progress. And, you know, there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of things, and a lot of fun that we had when we first started this podcast, myself and my, my former co-host, but, um, it just wasn't as polished as it needed to be, but that's just kind of what happens when you start off doing things. But this is starting to sound like the longer episodes and this is the more car centric one. So I was driving to Home Depot, shocker, the other day, right? Shocker. And I saw a red pickup truck and it was a coal roller. So for those of you who aren't familiar with that, I've been kind of talking about those a little bit. And those are the, the, the pickup trucks that put the big four or five inch round stacks and they just blow black soot everywhere. And we're quite annoyed with them. But it was funny because this big truck, it had a sticker on the back window that said, fuck you, which I kind of chuckled when I was looking at it. It's like, yeah. That's about right. And I don't know if anyone listening owns a truck where you've done that conversion or you know coal rollers. Like, I really just want to know. Like, I invite somebody to come on this show and just talk to me because no one outside of that world seems to really understand why people with trucks do this. I mean, with cars, we get the intake header exhaust. Sure, it makes a lot of noise. It, you know, it gives us more horsepower on the low end, on the top end. You know, it's other than being annoying for people who don't understand there's a perceived or a known benefit. I don't know the benefit of the coal. And I just want to know, you know, why do you do it? And it's easy for them to say, like, this is how I imagine the conversation going. You know, you're ruining the environment. Don't you care about the ozone? They're going to say, hell no, we don't care. Why would we? And I kind of understand that. I know it sounds kind of narrow of me, but I'd be remiss if I didn't admit that because it's, it's like recycling. Some people choose to recycle, some people don't. You know, when I lived in Michigan, when you bought like a six pack of Coke, you got charged a deposit on each can. And it was up to you if you wanted your money back to take those cans back to the grocery store, stick them in the machine, hit the little button, get the slip and, and use that slip towards your groceries or just cash it out. So they took the money from you at the point of purchase. In other states, like here in Arizona, you know, we don't have the deposit system, but we do have huge recycle bins. And we're supposed to put our recyclables in those bins and our regular trash in the other bin. Although most people just fill one up and then they start to fill the other one up. And apparently less than 20% of that actually gets reused, but still it's all in the mission of recycling. But here's the big difference by saying it's optional, it's not an option. Specific to these coal rollers, they are the main reason why the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, has decided to exercise what they had written over 20 years ago in their guidebook. And that's why there's the RPM Act out there. And this threatens all motor vehicles that have any modification on their car. It affects, you know, race cars, cars that are turned into race cars that were normally road cars. So for instance, you know, if I were to take my Acura NSX and I were to turn it into a race car, which a lot of people do, there's a few around that they race in the NASA AZ circuit and, and the global time attack and things like that, like my friend Robbie. That would be illegal, according to the EPA, and it's a direct result of the coal rollers. You could look it up. There's a place in Idaho that got fined millions of dollars for doing these emission-defeating devices and ruining the air quality, but 
I would love to know. If anybody knows, let me know. Hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Invite them. Come on the show. Just explain it. It's not my job to tell you you're wrong, because you are, but you're going to do what you're going to do. I just thought it was pretty funny and ironic that that that, that truck had a big fuck you on the back window. (laughs) I want to tell you guys about the first time I ever drove an Acura NSX. So this is going to be rare that I talk about me as much as sharing thoughts that I've had throughout the course of the week. And there's a difference. So, you know, the first time I saw one of these cars, I was in high school and I fell in love with it almost instantly. And then I would go to the Acura dealership all the time. Goodson Acura in Irving, Texas, back when it was, uh, it's since moved locations. It's still out there somewhere. And I would just stare at this car. That's what we did at night. We didn't go, we didn't do street car takeovers. Now there were illegal street races, but I would borrow my brother's car. Usually he wouldn't know, or I'd, sometimes he didn't know. And I would drive around all night and I'd go pick up my friend Tony or maybe maybe my friend Garfield. We would just drive around and we would go for, to car lots. And we would just look at cars. We'd be like, oh, you know, there's a Lamborghini over there. And they would just be out. And then, you know, I'd go to the active ship and just stare at the NSXs. And then I'd have dreams of these cars and everything. So once upon a time, I thought I was going to design cars for a living. Didn't happen. So I'd always draw these cars. I use Prism colors, color them up and stuff like that. And one day I was driving home from work. I worked at a... TXU Electric in Las Colinas, Texas, years ago. And every day I would get on the road, and there was this long stretch of Loop 12. It was like a Waffle House or something, like a long stretch of Loop 12. They would take you to downtown Las Colinas. And I was in my Integra, and my, it was a new Integra. It was a GSR. It was nice. This was a, a 99. I always say to myself, oh, man, if I had an NSX, whew, right here, just punch it. One day I'm coming home from work. And I'm driving, I just just passed through downtown Las Colinas, and I'm at a stoplight, and and I'm going straight, but a car, an NSX pulls up to the right, kind of perpendicular to where I'm at, and I'm looking over it, and, you know, it's a red NSX, black top, had red uh, red and chrome and black wheels or whatever, kind of like uh, mesh wheels are really popular back then, so if you can kind of picture in the 90s and the uh, kind of the BBS style wheels, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, just Google mesh wheels, M-E-S-H, mesh wheels, mesh BBS, whatnot. I think there were two or three piece wheels, but you could tell it had an aftermarket exhaust, kind of loud. And uh, he turned, he took a right, which meant he was going the same direction I was. And so the light turned green. I was like, holy shit, you know, there's a NSX in front of me. I'm driving and and we got to the next light. And he also took a right, which I was going around. I was like, holy shit, he's going the same way to the highway as I am. So I kind of speed up, and then he speeds up. I'm like, oh, shit, this dude thinks I'm trying to race him. Finally, I get next to him, and he rolls his window down. I don't know. I I don't know if people still do this. If someone did this to me, I probably wouldn't do it. But he rolled his window, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to design the next NSX. You know, I was wondering if at time I could ask you some questions, you know, about your car. And he's like, yeah, sure. So we pulled over. We pulled over about a quarter mile down we pulled into the parking lot and uh, i remember it being a waffle house but i don't think a waffle house was ever there so now i don't know what the hell we pulled into but we pulled into it and you know we're we're talking you know we're out next to our cars and he's asking me about my gsr and he's like oh i almost bought an integra type r and i was like oh yeah man i love your nsx and i've studied every single angle of them because i i had i had brochures of it i had every single clipping you know back then we used to take you know newspapers and and magazines that we'd cut shit out you know, scrapbooking before scrapbooking was a thing with these kids, right? And I showed him some of the drawings. I go, this is what I'm thinking I'm going to do and whatnot. 
And uh, he goes, have you ever driven an NSX before? And I, and I said, no, I didn't. Uh, no, I have not. As I was responding, answering, he dangled his keys in front of me. So I put my hand out and he put his keys in my hand. He goes, let's go. I was like, holy shit. This total stranger that I just met five minutes ago was going to let me drive his, my dream car, essentially. One of my, one of my dream cars, but my primary dream car. You know, the other one was a Vector W8 and a, and a Porsche Turbo. I get into the car and he's talking, you know, says something about ramps and things like that. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I go to turn the headlights on because I'd studied this car. I've driven this car before in a video game. So video game people doesn't work. Reality and video game, not the same. But I was, all right, I've, I've driven this car before in a video game. It's all good. Cause I, I go to turn on the headlights because it's starting to get dark and, and I turn the windshield wipers on. So that was kind of embarrassing. He goes, no, nah, don't worry about it. It's over there. I go, okay, okay. So I put the thing in reverse and I'm pulling out of this driveway and I scrape the bottom of the NSX. I'm pulling out, it's like, and right as I scrape, two immediate thoughts. One was, oh, fuck. And the other one was ramps. He was talking about the incline of the drive pulling in and out. So we pull out, I take a left, and then I take another left, and the light turns red, so I stop. And the Mitsubishi 3000 pulled up next to us. Hopefully most of you know what that is. This is the Mitsubishi 3000. I don't think it's a VR4, probably an SL, whatever. The Mitsubishi kind of revs his motor a little bit, and I'm driving someone else's car, and I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm like, <laughs> so the light turns green, and I kind of take off without really taking off. The owner of the NSX, by the way, his name is Vernon Kim. Vernon Kim, he looked at me, he goes, what are you waiting for, dude? Freaking punch it. <laughs> so I give it some gas, and I shift gears, give it some gas. I, you know, I fly past his Mitsubishi. And, uh, you know, I probably get up to about 80 miles an hour. Like we weren't, I wasn't going like a hundred and nothing, whatever, but you know, it's just first few years. And I look up and there I was going down that exact same stretch of road that every single morning I would tell myself if I just had an NSX, I would punch it right here. And so it's about a five minute drive, went down, did the loop, came back through the same way that, that I saw him earlier, Done the same route and went back to the parking lot and you know, thanked him for his ride and everything. And, and the funny thing is, is he thought, I didn't say this, but maybe, I don't know why, but he thought that I was, I worked for like Acura or something, or I was in, working on like truly designing, like legit designing the next NSX, which this was before the fixed headlights came out too. This was 99. So the fixed headlights, like the headlights I have on my car didn't come out to 2002. The car that I drew kind of looks like one, which is weird. I, I'm going to dig it up and post it online somewhere and I wasn't a great artist I was okay you know and I had yet to go to art school to kind of perfect my craft a little bit I guess but you know that was the first time I ever drove an NSX so fast forward over the years I've kind of I've never forgot this guy's name and I mean how creepish of me I'd try to google him and look him up and uh, I've ran him down a few times over the years just to say hi like hey Vernon like when I finally got my car in 2012 I looked him up I was like hey Vernon I just I got my NSX, it's black, it's a 97, da, da, da. And he was like, oh, you know, thanks for reaching out to me. Yeah, I remember you. And, you know, it was all good and stuff like that. And spring 2019, I'm working in Dallas-Fort Worth, Cook's Children's Hospital. My last weekend working there, I flew home like I always do here in Phoenix, and I drove my NSX to Dallas because I wanted to show people that had always known me, you know, that here it is, here's my car. Because that's the one thing when people would always see me when I came back to Dallas 20 years later, like, hey, did you ever get that car? You know, the people who don't keep up with me on social media. And so for me, it was kind of special to have my car in Dallas. 
I had my car at the Tuned Originals Car Show. I got second place for best Acura. But I did a thing. I looked up Vernon Kim. I went to his office. He works at Wells Fargo. And he came out and he loved my car. And it was full circle. And then he goes, oh, let me start it up. What is that? You know, and he's, he started it up and he loved it. And I gave him the keys this time and let him drive the car. Now, mine's turbo, so it's a lot faster than his was, but he had a blast. And I say all that to not only share a story with you, but to say, don't forget where you come from. Life is all about full circles. The second time I drove an NSX, let me know. Let me know, guys, let, let me know about that story. Let me know if you want to hear about the second time I drove an NSX, because that story in itself is, in some ways, even more insane than the first one. But you never forget your first one, do you? Let's get into some car news. Let's wrap this episode up. I've had a hell of a time trying to sell my old Infinity. The used car market is just bonkers, they say, and it's just so hard to find a car. And first, you know, I ran the numbers. It's got 180,000 miles on it. The Infinity FX first gen like this one is. The first, I call it 1.5 because the true first ones were like 03 to 05 and then Mine's a 07, but it still had the same body style with a change of a few small things on it. But 180,000 miles in good condition, not great, better than fair. And it books out on Kelly Blue Book private party value for like 6,000 or 5,900 to, I don't know, like 7,300, right? So I was like, okay, cool, because used car market is booming. So I listed it as 71 or best offer. Nothing. So, all right. I dropped it down to 65 or best offer. And then since then, I've got a handful of offers for 5,000. People are trying to talk me into why I should sell it for less because they're going to have to do this. I'm like, do that. It's like, look, man, I'm not going to lower my price because you claim that you're going to have to go buy extra shit for the car. And a lot of these people are car flippers. So it's amazing to me. And it's like, look, I don't have to sell my car. The worst thing about that car right now is it just takes up a driving spot. It's registered, no insurance, car works. I had one guy ask me, you know, how do you like the car? Is, is it good? Is it mechanical condition? I said, look, man, I'll get in the car tomorrow morning and I can drive it to Albany, New York. That's thousands of miles away from Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, how's the tires? I said, well, I mean, the tires are pretty good. I've had them on there for a few years and I would probably change them at some point in the next 12 to 18 months just because. But I drive the car less than 9,000 miles. I've had the car since 2012, and it's driven less than 9,000 miles a year. Like 8,000 miles a year is my average. Oh, okay, well, you know, what about that seat cushion? Because it has a Taurus seat cushion. It's like, oh, okay, well, I, mean, I, I looked all over the place, couldn't find one. You know, if you, you could probably find them in a junkyard. They're probably about 200 bucks. Okay, all right, all right. Well, all right, I tell you what, man, I'll fly down there this weekend, but I can't give you more than $5,000. I said, why not? Well, because I'm going to have to buy some tires and I'm probably going to have to buy a seat cushion and, you know, I'm a car flipper, so I'm going to try to sell the car too. It's like, all right, well, that's your problem. Man, my problem. That's your problem. I don't have to sell the car. I'll keep the motherfucker. I'll have two Infinity SUVs in an NSX up in this bitch. I ain't got to sell my shit. Somebody else called me up and they're like, hey, does it still have the original motor? Yes, it does. Original transmission? You ever had those rebuilt? No, I have not. Oh, okay. How many miles? 180. Oh, okay. Well, I can only offer you 5,000 because eventually that motor and that transmission got to be rebuilt, usually around 200,000 miles. 
I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what. I'm still, at my pace, two and a half years away from even having those issues, which I do not have at this time. I keep my vehicle serviced at the local dealership, and there's a few things they recommended that I chose not to do, like brake fluid, radiator fluid, like coolant. I have a really small hose that connects to the oil filter that needs to be replaced. Anything else they've done. Everything else they've done. They say nothing about any other leaks. Nothing. I can't sell you something for cheap because of what might happen down the road. Every vehicle at some point, you have to rebuild the motor if you want to keep it going. You have to rebuild the transmission if you want to keep it going. You got to replace all the seals. I'm not going to give you a discount because of what you might have to do. Like what's wrong with people? And another thing, it's listed for our best offer. What's the first thing I get? Hopefully some of you just said out loud while listening to this, gee, mister, what's the lowest you're willing to take? How about you make me an offer? That's why it's called or best offer. Because if you say I'll buy it for 6,500 right now, I'll be like, hmm, you know, I'll give it to you for 63. How about that? But if you're just like, uh, I really want this vehicle. What's the lowest you'll take? The hell out of here with that shit. So anyway, car and driver just released an article called the best used cars under $5,000. I picked that number because people are offering me five for mine. It's worth more. You don't think it is. I don't know. I did have someone hit me up and they've been looking for a long time and they seem pretty sincere, but all they have is like 4,500. I don't think I can do that. July 17, 2021, best used cars under $5,000 are top suggestions for cars that could cost you less than $90 a month. Let me ask you this. Would you take a $90 a month car payment? Of course you would. But I would imagine at that point, like I don't know anybody that has a car payment that low. There's people who have like a $120 car payment, $150, $200, $300 and up. If it's under $100 a month, then why don't we just get a personal loan and just pay that shit off? That's all I'm saying. First car on this list, Acura TSX. Like a gourmet grilled cheese sandwich, the Acura TSX was an ordinary luxury. Huh? I don't even understand this. But anyway, high revving VTEC inline four, 205 horsepower in 2006. So real-time racing, Peter Cunningham and them boys, they used to race TSXs and they had a lot of success in them. And of course, it's an Acura. I... Don't know if you can actually find one for that much. I mean, I don't I don't know how much they're worth. I don't trust these. A few years ago, it was car and driver, road and track, automobile. They said like the best cars you can buy for under 30000 And the Acura NSX was listed at like 25000 which good luck with that. And I'm talking a couple years ago. I'm not talking 20 years ago when you could actually get one for that cheap. So we all laughed, everybody. BMW 5 Series Wagon. I don't know. So the date ranges here is up through like 2005 or to 2009. People love their BMWs. BMWs are not good cars after a few years. The diehard BMW person will probably hate me for saying that. And the other diehard BMW person will say, damn right, they suck. But I love it and I'm addicted. If you can get a 5 Series for that cheap, it's probably not going to be in very good condition. A la the vehicles that have electrical issues, which is why you don't want to get a used BMW without having it seriously checked out. But I think it's funny that they said wagon because you just don't see wagons. Like Euro wagons, P2 
people love those and there's not a lot of them. And it's funny too, because the picture here on this article is from Europe. You can tell by the front license plate. Granted, there are people obviously here in the States that drive around with foreign plates on the front of their cars, but I don't know about this. I don't know about that. You know, now, I, this one's kind of funny guys and gals, a Buick Park Avenue. Okay. Look, I don't know anybody who's ever looking for a Buick Park Avenue. You can pull up in a 90s Buick Park Avenue that looks like it was preserved in a cocoon. Immaculate and say, Jay, I will let you have this for $5,000. It's got 4,000 miles on it. It's got all the bells and whistles. This thing is immaculate. And I would say, that's going to be a hard no for me, dog. Somebody's grandpa... Somebody's grandma, somebody's auntie, somebody's uncle, somebody has a Buick Park Avenue. I will never have one. Get out of here. This is interesting. A Ford F-150. The one we're looking at here is the late 90s Ford F-150. Here is a vehicle that if it's, I mean, how well is a 97 vehicle going to be equipped? But here's what you can do. You can buy these things and you can swap out the, the head unit. You know, something modern with CarPlay, Android Auto integration. A truck is a freaking tank in a sense. So if you can get one with no rust, good to go. I mean, this thing could have 200,000 miles on it. It's barely broken in. I would consider buying, if I was in the market, an old-ass Ford F-150 for $5,000. Actually, no, I wouldn't. I would probably put 4000 down on a new one. But just saying, that's the... That and the TSX are probably the two vehicles so far that I've mentioned that actually might make a shit of sense. There's a lot of vehicles on this list. I'm going to go ahead and pick one more. Ah, here we go. A couple Infinities on here. Now, you guys know I have two Infinities. The Infinity M35 Sport and the Infinity J30. I remember when the J30 came out. It has kind of like a, the real taillight is long, like a Porsche, sort of. Like it's a copy of a Porsche's butt. Like a Porsche ran up the ass of a Buick LeSabre and then formed an Infiniti J30. This photo looks like it was the photo from the original ad. You got a couple people on the golf course in the background, really clean with the sunset kind of going down the side of this black car off camera. You know, there's a very popular style of, of staging for a photograph, which fake by the way, because I won't go into why it's fake. The grass is too green on the other side, which is kind of funny. I should say that grass is green on the other side. But the Infiniti J30, they say that Nissan never sold a four-door 300ZX, but the Infiniti J30 is pretty close. It used the same 205 horsepower 3.0 liter V6 found in the non-turbo sports cars, but also shared the same fantastic multi-link suspension that gave the luxury sedan sports car control. Yeah. Comes with BBS mesh wheels. I just mentioned BBS earlier. This is the last one, the Jeep Cherokee, and it specifically mentions the 84 to 2001. Let me tell you something. In an early episode of this, the car that I hated the most is I had a 2000 Jeep Cherokee Sport. That piece of shit. It had two-wheel, four-wheel drive, but really it didn't because when you put it in all-wheel drive mode, it just made this horrible, horrible sound, so I never drove around in all-wheel drive, but... It only had one wheel in the back that spun. I think it was a passenger 
was the driver passenger. Jeep people don't know. You imagine a Jeep Cherokee with only one wheel that spins? That doesn't make any sense, does it? You're thinking two minimum, four mandatory. That was the stiffest, ugliest piece of shit. And here's the thing. It's not the car's fault, but I shared the story before the windshield leaked. I didn't know until it rained about two months after I bought the car. I came out of work and my seat was soaked of water. The floor had rotted out. I didn't know. I didn't know what to look for. I just, this was my third Jeep. Yeah, I have had three Jeeps. This was my third Jeep Cherokee. Well, the other two were Grand Cherokees. Never had that problem. So, you know, anything. Look. Plus, I bought it from a five-star dealership. Certified dealership. It wasn't certified pre-owned because it was too old. But five-star dealership. You complain to them. They're like, well, that's our used car lot. That doesn't really, you know, they're, they're kind of their own deal over there. Yeah, sure they are. But uh, I, I was looking underneath the car one day and I saw something. I started poking around. I go, what is this? I thought it was mold. It's like poked on it because it was gray, right? The bottom of the car should be black. Well, the bottom of this car was black and brown because of the rust. I poked on it and it was soft. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, hell no. So I got up, opened the driver's door and reached underneath the car and found that spot and pushed up. And sure enough, the floor moved. I lift up the, uh, the floor mat and there was a hole there. I was pushing against the floor mat or underneath the carpet. I'm sorry. Underneath the carpet, there was a huge hole there. I pulled the carpet back. And so what I ended up doing is pulling out all the carpet and going to Home Depot and getting all this rust stuff and looking shit up on YouTube and kind of doing my own, you know, took a rivet gun and did all this freaking, this was before Flex Seal. Boy, Flex Seal would have sure as hell came in handy. I could promise you that. I had to get this other stuff you spray on there. And then anyway, fuck that car. And that is your car news. I've, been, I've had some difficult on Apple. They kind of did this whole new podcast thing. They're like kind of relaunched how they do podcasts and it kind of screwed up the algorithm and downloads were way down, but they started picking back up again. So I appreciate you guys for, for sticking with me. Please share this show with a friend. The people who love this show really love this show. The people who don't, I never know about it. They just keep moving on. But the best way for this show to grow is by word of mouth. Also by having other guests on here, but. Coming up on the next episode, I finally got Joey Lunden to come into my office, into my studio a few weeks ago, and we talked about his life, we talked about his car, we talked about his adoption, and I'm going to play that next week. And it's important, that episode's important to me, I kind of have a theme going on here, right? Because this show isn't just about cars, it's about the people behind the cars, because we all have a journey, we all have a story. We know each other from hobby, but outside of hobby, you don't really know the person unless you hang out with them somewhere else you start having like these deep conversations you know so if you're not into cars and you want to know how this whole thing works it's 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 this thing so if i go to cars and coffee i'll say hi to somebody we'll have short talk but we don't get into each other's lives or hey man where are you from what was your life like growing up you know were you abused as a child you know did you know is your wife cheating on you you know it's like we don't have those conversations you know it's cars it's super light talk and we go about our way so i don't I don't know if that person I just talked to that said, you know, hey, man, I like the way you did this on your tires and, you know, or I like the way you clean your brakes. Can you show me what you did? And I show them what they did. I don't know if that event was their escape from a horrible reality. And so what I try to do is when I get people on this show, we talk a little bit about their cars, but I want to know who they are. I want to know what they think. And I want to know what they think so you get the opportunity to understand who they are. 
the thing that was important with Joey is, as I've said multiple times before on this show, is I'm adopted as well. And I've struggled with that at times in my life, which goes back to the what I was telling you in the opening with my interviews, with the Goals podcast and what changed up now what. I go into all that. But, you know, Joey, you'll, you'll hear the story next week, but long story short, he actually linked up with his adoptive, with his natural mother. And it's a good story. It's a great story. So that's coming up next week. I want to thank Wright Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Higher quality detail at Tempe, Arizona. Boosterbath.com, fourwheelonline.com, tonetrees.com. Cell shop wireless services, the credit mix, and Patreon business supporter, Kuya Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida. Special thank you, thank you, thank you to all the patrons who support the show. You can support the show yourself if you'd like for as low as $3.99 a month. Get access to free swag. Get access to special audio, special video made only for the patrons. Also, the Hard Parking Podcast shirts are ready, so be looking for me to list those up on multiple social medias. The VIP patrons are going to get one in the mail for free, but everybody else, they're going to be $25 shipped. They look great. They're extremely high quality, next level suede is what they're called. Oh, those are great shirts. So be, so be looking for those. Working on the pot. Work. Still working on the website. I swear to you, I'm working on the website. If you're in a position to help the podcast grow, hit the Patreon up. There's also anchor support links. Someone reached out and said, hey, hey, how can I support the show? I said, well, you can either sign up for a Patreon or you can just go to anchor. Up to you. You don't have to. I'm still going to be here for all of you. You can pick up some swag at the Teespring store in the meantime. If you want to reach me, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Hit me up on Clubhouse. Jay Finning, J-J-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. I can't grow unless you tell the world how good the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this scene together. I will talk to you all next week. Now it's stripping time. Shut up! Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath, a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to BoosterBath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water-controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first-time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. BoosterBath.com Hey, this is Levi Epps, hashtag Mr. Financial Freedom of the Credit Mix here with a special offer for hard parking podcast fans. If you've been living with less than perfect credit for having evictions, late payments, bankruptcies, doesn't matter what it is. If it's something that negatively impacts your credit score and you're not able to get approvals for certain things, or maybe you got to pay large deposits and high interest rates, we don't want that to be you anymore. We have a program that will legally get negative items off of your credit report and keep them off. And we have a special code for a free consultation to see if we can help you. Text HP Credit to 737 Credit. That's HP Credit to 737-427-3348. Let's get you back on the road to financial freedom. Are you tired of your dog losing its cool in a thunderstorm or fireworks? You might want to look at tongue treats. TongueTreats.com. High anxiety relief, pain relief, inflammation relief. It's a direct connection between the tongue and the brain. Doesn't waste time going down to the stomach where it gets broken down, enters the bloodstream, 
then to the brain eventually. By then, little Izzy, my dog, has been hiding under the house for like 20 minutes. The Tongue Treat CBD strips provide rapid results for your pet with the right amount of CBD, which is not psychoactive. It's important to test and verify your pet is getting the proper dosage. A single strip should be enough. Have doubts? There's certified analysis from a lab available on the website. Think about it. Efficacy and economy. Tongue Treats.